Oh, hi everybody, it's me, Harland Williams. Welcome to the podcast with the most attitude in the world. No, we don't have any attitude here. Our attitude is have fun, have a laugh. Put a smile on your face here at the Harland Highway. Uh, thanks for being here, gang. We have a a good, 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 wacky show for you today. Um... We have a specialist here who, as the world keeps churning and, and uh, you know, violence and civil unrest keep, seem to be popping up everywhere, we have a psychologist here who wrote a book uh, who's going to be talking about how we can calm ourselves and uh, mellow out during these turbulent times. So he'll be uh, speaking to us uh, during the show here today. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, how many of you have broken something on the first day you bought it. Happened to me. Man, am I pissed off about it. An expensive item that just went on the very first time I tried to use it. Uh, I'm sure you have some stories you can tell, too. Also, we're taking some calls from the Pavement Pounders. And then I've heard a rumor that Dr. Ascot might be here, which I'm never happy about. But I'm happy you're here. So let's have some fun. Here we go. This is the Harland Highway. You're listening to Harlan Williams. Harlan, funny stuff, bro. Funny stuff. Keep it coming. Later. How long have you had this job? Long enough. He's fine as long as he gets his medication. He doesn't get his medications. He's not fine. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. You're a groovy boy. I'd like to strap you on sometime. The Harland Highway. You're all going to experience intense mental, physical strain. All right, hold tight on the Harland Highway show. You're listening to Harlan Williams. Welcome to the Harland Highway. What's that, Raj? Okay, so Roger uh, just has... Hey, folks, welcome to the show, first of all. Roger just told me we're opening the show with a guest. Um, I guess, uh, you know, this is a, a specialist in the field, a psychologist who's... Uh, I guess studied. Uh, I I don't know. Why don't we Why don't we just throw him on? This guy's about like calming people down in these turbulent times. We got all kinds of unrest and blah blah blah. All right, I'll I'll get into it. I'll I'll get into it. Is he here? Roger, hello. I'm talking to you. Roger, hello. Is he here? Okay, so so we got him on the line, Rog. Okay, good. Uh, let's let's talk to uh, Mordecai Krafstein. Krafstein. That's Mordecai Krafstein. Mordecai Krafstein. Yes. Okay, that it's just a weird spelling. It looks I hate I hate to bastardize your name, Mordecai, but it looks like Mordecai Krafstein. It's Mordecai Krebsta. Okay, great. Uh, well, it's great to have you on the uh, on the show, sir. It's great to be here. Thank you. Um, you are a, a psychologist with uh, several degrees. 
uh, in psychology, uh, a specialist in the field of, I guess it's it's channeling the inner core, the inner spirit, the uh, the inner the inner child, the just your inner your inner station, your inner lighthouse, your your inner merry-go-round, if you will, Mr. Williams. Well, okay. Uh, I guess we all have that uh, inside of us, of course. Yes, we do. Going round and round or shining through a foggy, foggy night. I'm sorry, if you could just uh, raise your voice a little, uh, Mordecai. I'm having trouble hearing you a little bit. Well, this is how I converse. I choose to keep my energy very low and very centered. Okay, um, I guess I'll, I'll try and adjust my earphones here a bit. Um, so we, we had you on today because there's a, there's a lot of unrest in the world. There's a lot of turmoil. I mean, there, there's, uh, there's, there's racial tension. There's rioting. There's, there's, uh, these are domestic issues. There's, there's international issues with, uh, you know, warring uh, sanctions over in the Middle East. Uh, Russia and the Ukraine. I mean, it's just a very turbulent time uh, everywhere, it seems. Yes, and that's why we we really have to learn to get a center, get a sense of self, get into get into our inner core, and just get quiet, get really quiet, and get inside. And I'm, I'm sorry, sir. If you could just speak up a little bit. I, 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 I don't, I don't talk loud. Um, I'm sure you've heard of my book. Yes, uh, you've written a, a very popular book. Uh, your book is titled, Shh. That's right, yes, Shh. And it's about meditation. It's about unlocking the secrets to longevity so that we can lower our blood pressure, lower the everyday stresses that, you know, infiltrate our lives and and grind us down, wear us down, take us down. Sir, if you could, I get what you're trying to do. If you could just raise the volume a little bit. I don't, I don't, I don't talk loud, okay? I'm sorry, it seemed like you got a little bit loud right there. I, I don't get loud. And tell us about the book, then, if if you can, and if you could just speak up a little. I'm not. I'm, I'm not speaking up. Um, the book is. It's a book about finding that quiet spot, that very quiet spot inside of you, where you can get there, that you can have everything you want, everything. Okay, uh, Mordecai Crap is we can't hear you, sir. I, I, I we appreciate y- y- you talking about the, the the need to be quiet and get centered, but but it, 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 there's also a need to communicate here. Well, I don't think that you should be telling me how to. Can we talk about your 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 wife, or should I say, your ex-wife, uh, Eloise Crapstein? Crappy, crappy Stan, I'm sorry. It's okay. 
Um, she wrote a, a book as well. Uh, she, I guess uh, she worked in the same field as you. That's where you two met. And she wrote a book called Turn Down the Noise, Flash Pop Your Life. Well, I'm not really here to um, talk about my wife's literature. I'm here to talk about what I do. And what you really need to do is... Yes, but your wife's book seemed to... Uh, it looks like it's been... Uh, 17 weeks on the New York Times uh, bestseller list. Well, I'm really not here to endorse or even... And uh, it looks like she won a Pulitzer Prize for her literature that really seems to be changing the way people think about... um... I'm not here to talk about my wife! Sir? I'm sorry. Um, I'm not really here to talk about... Yes, but uh, apparently your wife, your ex-wife, gave a, a TED Talk recently that had people at the end of it just on their feet. Apparently some of the things she said, I am not here to, to talk about my wife. Now, um, if we could just get back to shh. And an honorary degree in literature... And the Governor General's Award, sir, for your ex-wife? Look, asshole, I'm not here to talk about my fucking ex-wife, okay? She ripped me off. She sucks crap and pay her guts. Stupid son of a bitch. Sir! Sir! If you could just calm down, I don't think... Fuck you, buddy! Whoa, Roger! the hell's with that guy what'd i do mordecai craps craps crapus chris chris he's gone wow what a hothead okay fine i guess we lost our guest let's let's uh move on wow so much for uh yeah, let's move on. Let's uh, let's go to a topic that I think we can all relate to here. Um, and I want to hear your stories because I know it's happened to each and every one of you listening. Um, how many of you have made a purchase or, you know, I don't know, uh, tried something for the first time or bought a consumer product? And the very first time you go to use it, you wreck it. Like, how many of you have ever just bought a new car, and the first day you're driving it, you scrape it, or you smash it into something, or you buy a new bike, or you you get a brand new uh, appliance in the house, and on day one, you scratch the paint on it. Or, uh, you know, you just you just bought a new uh, something or other and you get home and you just take it out of the box and you drop it. Or it's been in your house like a day or two and you knock it over. You know, or you, you bought your cell phone, your brand new uh, $700 iPhone and on day one, day two, you drop it and it breaks or you drop it in the toilet. Yeah. I want to hear those stories because as much as I hate to admit it, ugh, 
This happened to me. I got one of those GoPro cameras, okay? I got it because uh, I, I specifically got it because I wanted to film underwater. Okay, I thought, oh, man, how cool to go underwater and film, like, sea life. You know, maybe you catch a dolphin or a shark or you catch a stingray or a giant fish or you... Who knows what you'll see underwater? That's like a fantasy land, right? Underwater. So uh, I bought a GoPro, and it's like, not only that, but it was something new. It was like, man, I've never filmed underwater before. This will be fun. I'm like Jacques Cousteau. I'm like like some kind of new age, like, underwater, like, seahorse photographer, man. Like, guess what I did this weekend, everybody? Raise your glass of red wine. Um, hello. I was filming underwater. Okay. I'm sure all you people have filmed up on land, but someone at this dinner party, hello, filmed underwater. That would be moi. Yeah, so it was something cool, something different. And so, uh, you know, I tried the, uh, I tried this little rig out in a swimming pool. As you know, before I go out into the ocean, before I screw it all up, I'll try it in a swimming pool. So, you know, I put it all together. I had a buddy help me kind of show me how to work it. And sure enough, I go in the swimming pool and I'm like, yes, I, you know, I, I took some shots of me swimming just to see what it looked like. And I was like, oh man, it looks incredible. Looked amazing. So, like, a few days later, I had a trip planned. I went down to Florida, and uh, I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, man, I mounted the GoPro on the end of a pole so that I could, like, push it into things. Like, if I saw a fish down on the bottom, I could push the pole at it, you know, because, you know, your arms only have so much reach. So I had, like, a about a five-foot pole that I had to work with, and I mounted the GoPro on it, and I... I put the, the, the casing, and here's where it got funky, okay? When you've got an underwater camera, you have to put this watertight plastic casing around the camera. Obviously, you can't just put a camera underwater. But GoPro kind of made this casing where it's kind of got a real funky latch. Like, the latch is like, it's not like any latch you've ever seen. It kind of folds in, and then back, and then down, and then you have to press it and clip it and it's just this funky latch like it's kind of something you're not used to and it it it, it's kind of constructed it's engineered so that it's a bit awkward and and a bit odd so here i go i'm trucking down to the ocean i got my camera mounted on my pole you know i got my flippers on i got my mask sitting on top of my head standing there uh, knee-deep in the ocean, and I've got my camera all, like, uh, packed up. I'm mounted on the pole, and I step out into the... I'm standing in the water. I'm kind of walking backwards, getting in a little deeper so I can start swimming with my fins. And I look down at my GoPro on the end of my stick, and I see that the, uh, the plastic casing is, like, sitting open. Like an open egg carton. And I'm like, uh-oh. And I realized I've already, like, been wiggling the, the stick around underwater. And I'm like, whoa, I'm, I'm lucky the GoPro didn't drop right out. 
But right away I'm thinking, oh, man. I realized that my go- the actual GoPro without the case was submerged in salt water. And so part of me's thinking, oh, it's cool. You know, the, the casing is just like extra protection. The camera's waterproof. Okay, the, the, who, why would they make a camera that wasn't waterproof to go on the water? You know, the casing's just like bonus protection. It's like, it's like you know, wearing a bulletproof vest. Wrong. So my very first time into the ocean, submerge the camera, the casing's open. My camera's like completely useless. I go up. After I get out of the ocean, I'm already pissed off. I'm swimming around pissed off underwater, cursing at sea urchins and shrimp and catfish and moray eels. You know, I'm just cursing up a storm, yelling at all the sea creatures. You know, just going off. Kind of ruined my swim a little bit, right? And uh, and so I finished my swim. Didn't really ruin it. I I was like, what What are you gonna do? Once something goes wrong, what What, what are you gonna fret about it all day? Once it's done, it's done. You can't. Can't undo it. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh, it'll still work. It'll still work. So after I got out of the ocean, I took my GoPro up to my computer, and I plugged it in, and hallelujah. I was like, beep, beep, beep. The little red light came on. I was like, whew, it works. And then, of course, you know, cut to like three minutes later. Dead. Gone. I'm like, man, I didn't even get to use it once. I didn't take one frame of film with my with my underwater GoPro. So, Harlan, tell us about your underwater camera event. Could you show us some of your underwater action-adventure footage that you've been telling us about, Harlan? Um, yeah, I, uh... Oh, I got my camera wet and got destroyed, and I didn't take a frame of film. Oh, well, I guess that just makes you one of us land photographers then for now, doesn't it, Harland? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I grab your inner thigh? Ah! Whoa, what, what was that part? Easy. Easy, Lana Del Rey. Um, so anyways, man, these these GoPro cameras aren't cheap. These things are like... 300 400 bucks i you know i got the one with the special casing and you can add the lcd screen on it and that's fried as well and that thing was like an extra 150 200 bucks so a it sucks that i i fried my camera which you know no one wants to do but b it double sucks that i never ever shot one frame of underwater ocean footage I'm almost like, man, if I had just had like a year or four months or even a month with my camera and I got a bunch of footage, I'd be like, all right, at least I got something. Eh, nothing. I didn't even get a, I didn't even get a fish scale or a, a size, a, a minnow. I didn't even get a bubble. 
Nothing. Oh, it's so aggravating, so maddening. You know, and it's like, God, no no big thing. Nobody died. You can always go get another GoPro. But, man, that's like, it's, it's expensive, and you're just pissed. And you go, oh, man, that stupid latch. And then, of course, once I got up on, on land and I started fiddling around with the latch, I went, oh, this is how you close it, click. Okay, I didn't do this. This is how you're supposed to do it before you fry your camera underwater. Oh, Harlan, we're so sorry. Can I grab you? So anyways, man, I want to hear if you have stories where you, because I need to feel better, okay? I, I feel like a doofus. I feel like an ass. I feel like a moron. I feel like a freaking useless idiot, and I, I can't be alone in this space. I can't be here. It's too lonely, and it, it's, it, I can't feel isolated this way. I can't be the only one. So I need you guys to call in and comfort me with your true stories. Don't make stuff up. I can tell when you make it up. I need to hear your true stories of you wrecking something or messing something up within the first day or two of getting it. That's your, that's your homework. I need to hear from you pavement pounders. Don't leave me alone in this empty, cold, <laughs> dark space. I don't know if I can take it. Um, so write me. You can write me at harlanwilliams.com. Or better yet, I'd rather hear from you because I, I want to hear the frustration and the pain and the misery in your voice the way you're hearing it in mine. Um, 323-739-4330, 323-739-4330. Tell me about the day you fried your iPad or your laptop or your new car or you burnt down your new house. I know you've all got a story. I need to hear them. So call in, share, and let's all just sit around in a circle and it'll be like group therapy. We'll hold hands and we'll tell stories about how stupid we are. Harlan, I'd still love to rub your inner thigh. Stop it. Who is that guy? Doesn't matter. I just want your inner thigh with those corduroy pants. Anyhow. So there you go. Yeah, call me. Pavement Pounders, 
you don't know where, where, where we got it from. And I found something in the back of my armoire. I was cleaning out my armoire the other day, and all the way tucked in the back was a recipe for soy and ginger marinated pork chops. It's from a magazine. It's kind of, it looks like it was torn out of a Martha Stewart Living magazine dated September 2011. And I'm just like, what? Like, like, just like you, I don't cook. I mean, I can cook pasta and, like, macaroni and cheese. That's it. But, like, soy and ginger, ginger marinated pork chops. I don't know where I got this from. I don't know how it got in my armoire. And it's weird. So, yeah, a weird recipe tucked in the back of, like, next to some clothes. Anyway, uh, that's, hopefully that helps. Hopefully you can play this on the podcast if you want. Um, and hopefully that helps. I'm going to get some credit for it. Please pass me. Anyway, I'll, uh, thanks thanks for listening, and uh, keep doing the podcast, man, because it's awesome. Anyway, later. See, there you go. Nate gets it. Uh, a few podcasts back, a while ago, I'd asked I'd asked you guys, you pavement pounders, if you'd ever found anything weird in your house, or in your garage, or in your car, or whatever, and you couldn't explain where it came from. It was just there, and you're like, wait, where where did this come from? Who whose is this? What what is this doing in my home? I I don't remember buying this. What? 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 So that's how it works, man, and uh, that that was a great call. Thank you, buddy. Um, great to hear. Very strange. A recipe for soy ginger pork chops or something. The, the only thing weirder is if you actually had found a plate of soy ginger pork chops in your house and not just a recipe. So that's what I mean about wrecking stuff. If if you've wrecked anything very early on in your ownership or in your possession, just call in like Nate did here and uh, tell me all about it, man. Thanks for the call, the call, buddy. Hello? Hello? Hi, Harlan. This is Cindy from Portland, Oregon. I had called you a few weeks ago to talk about uh, troubles I was having sleeping and I wanted to call and give you an update. Um, things are going better, but I wanted to share in particular one of the things I had done to get some exercise, and that is join both a dodgeball team and a kickball team. And not only does it get me more exercise, which then, of course, is helping me sleep a little bit better, but it's one of those things that, makes you feel like a kid again, like when you drink out of the garden hose. And I just wanted to share that because it just seemed like something you might get a kick out of. So anyway, I hope all is well, and I will keep on listening to you. Take care. Oh, Cindy, Cindy, Cindy. Good for you. Good for you. We had talked uh, a while back. Cindy had called in and said, is there any way you could help me? I'm having trouble sleeping. And so I recommended a bunch of things. And one of the things I said that really helps you uh, sleep better at night is if you start to do a daily exercise routine. Uh, If you get any kind of physical activity, whether it's going to the gym or playing tennis or whatever, and and it sounds like Cindy uh, took that advice to heart and uh, joined a uh, kickball team and got into some, uh, some dodgeball and some 
very violent sports, which is sure to help you fall asleep at night. So good for you. I'm glad you're uh, sleeping better. And I also like the little add-on you put in your call about it. It kind of helped you make make you feel like a kid again. And I think part of that comes from um, part of it comes from actually getting involved in the activity and playing a, a game or a sport that you played when you were younger. But also, I I believe that when you do exercise, it it just youthifies. And I know that's not a word, but it youthifies. Your body, because everything starts moving and pumping and it releases endorphins and chemicals and all the things that make your body active and alive and tingly and fresh. And uh, I think that adds to kind of the the youthful uh, vibrance that you have because uh, your body is responding to moving and grooving and expending energy the way you did when you were a kid. So good for you, Cindy. And uh, hope hope you have many, many nice long nights of beautiful, beautiful sleep. Oh. Hello? Hello? Holland, big fan in Florida. I just got to ask you one question. Where the hell has Dr. Ascot been? Holland. Oh, God. What are you doing here? Holland. What? What? I didn't even hear you come in. Holland. Well, I didn't. I mean, I'm doing my podcast. I, I didn't hear you. That, Roger, did you let him in? Holland, please relax. I am relaxed. I'm just saying, you know, you should probably knock or something before you just walk into my studio, Dr. Ascot. Holland. What? Holland. What do you what are you doing here? Holland. Stop saying my name like that. God, you seem a little stressed out, Holland. Well, I was doing real good, Ascot. Real real good. Till so you suddenly appeared like a creepy ghost out of the attic of what are those cranberry colored socks? Yes, Holland, my favorite color, cranberry. Ooh. Ooh to you, Holland. No, ooh to you, Ascot. Holland. And stop saying my name. Holland. Ah! What what do you want? Holland, I was sent up here by your boss, Mr. Featherstone. Oh, brother. Holland, please pay your respects to Mr. Featherstone. No! Holland. You will get a pink slip, Holland. Thank you, Mr. Featherstone. Like he's even listening. Holland. What do you want up here? Holland, I know on a recent podcast you were talking about depression, Holland. Yes, I was. You know, the poor comedian Robin Williams passed away, and so I dedicated, you know, a portion of the show to talking about it. Yes. Holland, we certainly don't want depression because you look always depressed. Stop it! I do not! Holland, I mean seriously, if you looked in the mirror, Holland, look at the crinkles under your face. There are no crinkles under my face! What do you want? Holland, we're going to talk about depression today. I've brought a couple of examples. What are these boxes you're unloading here? Holland, please be patient. 
I am patient. You're interrupting my podcast, Ascot. Alan, do you see what I've written on these two boxes? Yes. What does it say, Alan? One says depression and one box says happiness. That's right, Alan. And those are the two dynamic things we have to deal with as human beings. Sometimes we feel happy. Like when you're not here? Holland. And sometimes we feel depressed. Oh, you mean like when you are here? Holland. (sighs) Yes, okay. Happiness, depression, so? So I want you to use these as examples to help set your course every day. Use these examples as a compass to remember that happiness is in one box and depression is in the other box, Arland. You just have to wake up each morning and choose the box. Wait a minute. You're saying the the way to overcome depression or to attain happiness is just wake up in the morning and pick a box. This is ridiculous. Not really, Arland. If I open the box... Oh, what are you opening that... You're opening the box of happiness. Exactly, Arland. And do you see what I have pulled out? Oh, what? what is that a little bunny? That's right, Arland. Oh, my gosh. Look at the little guy. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm not usually a cute and adorable guy, but that is adorable. He's got a little gray patch on his head. And little beady eyes. Oh, my God. You see, Holland, you see the visceral reaction you're having. You're actually elated. You're experiencing joy. You're experiencing true happiness, Holland. These are emotions that we want to stimulate when you start your day. So you pick the box marked happiness, Holland. You know, maybe, just maybe, you're on to something. Would you like to hold bunny wugglings? Who? Bunny wugglings, Holland. What What kind of name is that? That's the name of the happiness bunny, Holland. Bunny one, wugglings? Bunny wugglings, Holland. That is the dumbest name I've ever heard. Please don't use that tone in front of bunny wugglings. <sighs> Give me bunny w- wugglings. Give me bunny wugglings. The dopey name, Arland. Well, it is. Shouldn't be naming things. Arland. And stop saying my name. God, you're annoying. Take bunny wugglings, Arland. Oh my gosh, look at this. He barely fits in my hand. That's right, Arland. Oh, man, he's he's snuggling up against my chest. You know, this does... I don't want to say you're right, Ascot, but this is filling me up with happiness and joy. Look at little bunny wugglings. Bunny wugglings. Oh, look, he's staring at me. He's looking right at me. <laughs> Look at the way his little nose wiggles around. Holland. Yep. Look at him wiggling his nose. Excellent, Holland. Now embrace your happiness. Embrace your bunny wugglings. 
Okay, I'm holding on to my bunny wogglings. And now I'll open the other box, Holland. Okay. Marked. Depression? That's right, Holland. Well, why would you do that? So you can see the difference. What are you pulling out of there? Is that another rabbit? No, this is a lot bigger, Holland. What the hell is that? This is what we know in the animal kingdom. Holland is a wild bobcat. This is Critter Cat. Critter Cat? That's right, Holland. He represents depression. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, it's it's an ominous-looking animal, but it's beautiful. I mean, it is it is a stunning-looking cat. It's very large, and it has... Look at those penetrating eyes and the intensity. Yes, Holland, he seems to be staring at you quite intensely. Well, it's a little unnerving. In fact, I don't know that he's staring at me. He seems to be staring more at Bunny... Wow! Wow! Oh, my God! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my goodness, Oliver. What the hell's that? Oh my god! Critter Cat just attacked Bunny Wugglings! Oh my goodness, Oliver. Well, it seems to be working. What do you mean it's working? The difference between depression and happiness, Oliver. Oh my god, he just ate and snapped his little head off! Oh my, what's he eating? An ear? Oh, my God! Bunny Wugglings! How are you feeling right now, Alan? I'm very upset and mad and I'm totally depressed! Excellent, Alan. Our little exercise has been a success, Alan. What are you talking about? You were happy with Bunny Wugglings. And now you're depressed by Critter Cat. Bunny Wugglings and Critter Cat weren't supposed to eat each other, idiot! Oh, yes, they were, Holland. Wait a minute. Yes? You planned this? You you wanted that stupid wild bobcat to eat Bunny Wugglings? Absolutely, Holland. I'm a professional therapist. Get out of here! Holland, I haven't finished watching... Critter Cat swallow bunny wugglings. He still has to eat the back legs, which are still kicking, by the way. Oh, my God! Oh, get out of here! Get out of here, Ascot! You are sick! And take your stupid boxes with you! Before I go, Arland... Yes? Would you like a lucky rabbit's foot? Get out of here! Roger! Holy crap! Okay, that's it. I'm ending the show right here. Nope, I'm taking a deep breath. <gasps> God, I just inhaled some bunny fur. <coughs> Whoa. And we're ending the show. I can't carry on after that. I am too depressed. Congratulations, you won, Ascot. Oh, boy. Um, all right, let's get out of here. We'll do some announcements. Uh, I'm starting my uh, my comedy tours around the uh, country. I'm kicking off the fall and the winter season right up to the holidays. Um, and uh, tonight, the first night of my fall comedy tour in Vir- Virginia Beach. Uh, you can catch me at the Funny Bone in Virginia Beach. Great club over there. Uh, I'll be there tonight, uh, August 28th through Sunday, August 31st. Going to be a fantastic time. A fantastic time. 
Um, so go online to harlandwilliams.com and uh, you can uh, go on my stand-up comedy link and uh, go right through and uh, click on there and uh, get uh, get your damn get your damn tickets to the show, man. Uh, and then uh, let's see where else am I? Uh, later in the month, September 11th, the next month I should say, September 11th through the 14th, I'll be in Phoenix, Arizona, at a brand new comedy club called the House of Comedy. Be uh, opening that one for the weekend. It's going to be amazing. Great club. And then the next week, September 19th to 20th, I will be in uh, Utah at Wise Guys Comedy Club. And then mid-September, September 23rd, my uh, Comzilla Comedy Tour takes off in Western Canada, Victoria, B.C., Vancouver, B.C., Calgary, Alberta, Regina, Saskatchewan, Prince Albert, Saskatoon, Nanaimo, all kinds of great uh, little theaters and clubs all through the west part of Canada. So please go to harlemwilliams.com and you can go uh, to all the links and get your tickets, baby. Oh, yeah, baby. It's going to be good, man. Um, also, while you're at harlemwilliams.com, check out our store, harlemwilliams.com merch store. All kinds of fun stuff to buy to make you laugh. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, click on my YouTube um, click on my YouTube subscription button there at the uh, harlowwilliams.com page, and you'll be the first to get my wacky videos. Also, uh, you can uh, write to me at harlowwilliams.com, or you can call me at 323-739-4330. The number's also at the website if you want to leave a voicemail. And abuse me or, uh, you know, kiss my butt or whatever you want to do. It's just a voicemail. You don't have to talk to anybody. So uh, look forward to hearing from you pavement pounders. Uh, thanks for being here. Tell your friends to get on the Harlan Highway. They're missing all the madness. Um, and also at my site, there's a link to uh, Amazon. If you're doing any uh, shopping on Amazon.com, please uh, go through my website. Click on the link, and um, that throws a little bit of a kickback towards uh, the Harland Highway, which helps. Um, that's it, baby. We are done for today. Uh, watch out for bunny wugglings or critter cat. <sighs> Unbelievable. There's blood everywhere in here. Um, but that's it. We're done. Thanks for being here, gang. Until next time, chicken. Xiaomin, baby? It's one of those things that makes you feel like a kid again.